Hello and welcome back, Rosebuds, for another volume of Ghost Tales to Tell in the Dark. Today we have three stories for you. All of our stories today feature the theme of individuals experiencing a paranormal doppelganger situation. I'll tell you that two of the stories are true and one of them is fiction. So listen all the way to the end and I'll reveal which one is fiction and which one is truth. It's up to you to decide. I Thought My Grandma Died by Artichoke Basket Case My Grammy and I are pretty close. For context, my mom was in and out of the picture when I was a kid, but she tried really hard to be a good mom. I think she might be a little bit on the spectrum. She'd have these nervous breakdowns and I'd go stay with my grandma for a few days or weeks or even months. So my Grammy became like my second mom. One day I was taking a nap and I woke up feeling like someone or something had sat on the bed. I didn't think anything of it at first because I had a cat that would sleep at the foot of my bed. Then, as my vision came into focus, I saw that it was a person sitting at the foot of my bed. I wear glasses and I'm nearsighted so I couldn't see exactly who it was. Realized this all happened really fast. I sat up and squinted to see who it was. It looked like my Grammy. I said, Grammy? What are you doing here? Then I turned to get my glasses and put them on. I turned back and she's gone. I was freaking out. I wasn't sure what to do. I grabbed my phone and I called her up. She didn't answer right away and I was seriously distraught thinking that I'd just seen my dead grandmother's ghost. My mother is a full believer in the paranormal. I probably shouldn't have called her, my mother started freaking out. My mom only lives a few blocks away from her, so she got in her car and drove to my grandma's house. She stayed on the line with me, and we're both on pins and needles thinking something happened to Grammy. Well, when she first got there, I had this sinking feeling because my mom was walking around the house screaming, Mom? No answer. Then all of a sudden, I hear Grammy's voice in the background saying, What's going on? My mom started crying and I could hear them shuffling around, probably hugging or something. Then my mom gets back on the phone and said that Grammy was fine and that she was outside working in our garden. I let out a sigh of relief. I've heard of people having doppelganger experiences. I am trying to research this and it seems to be that if you see your own doppelganger, it's an omen of your own impending death. I can't find anything about what seeing a loved one's doppelganger means. Does anyone know? Because I'm really glad my grandmother is okay, but I'm kind of worried about what I just saw. Maybe it was her, maybe it wasn't. I can't be sure because I didn't have a clear look of it due to my glasses being off. Whatever it was, it hasn't come back, and let's hope it never does. My Doppelganger by Heather Bressett. I guess you could say this happened to my mother and not me. However, because it involves me, or I should say my doppelganger, I thought I'd share it. I grew up in a large family of five kids. My two older brothers shared a room. Then there was the middle child, who was my older sister. Then me and our baby sister. The four older children were only one to two years apart in age, and our youngest sibling was six years apart in age from me. My parents called her the surprise baby. We'd just moved into this big old farmhouse that my parents were renovating. 
It was their dream home. We used to live in a way smaller three-bedroom house where I shared a room with my two sisters. Now, being the second to youngest kid, I had a choice to share a room with my older sister, the baby, or I could have this pantry-like closet that wasn't technically a room, but because I was still pretty small, it could be converted into a temporary room until the remodel was complete. It still meant I'd have my very own room for at least two years. Of course I opted for that. I was extremely excited. Mind you, this room was only big enough for my bed, a tiny little nightstand slash bookshelf thing, a dresser, and that was it. So I had to put up with it being small and basically in the kitchen, but as an eight-year-old kid, I could care less. My dresser was positioned at the foot of my bed with about a foot and a half distance between the two pieces, leaving just enough room for me to open my drawers. Also, because it was a short dresser with only three drawers, I was able to sit on the edge of my bed and set up all my colored pencils, watercolor paints, and other art supplies on the top of the dresser and use it like a desk. I was a budding artist, of course, and I quickly fell in love with my little room. I'd spend hours just laying in my bed looking up at the sticky stars on the ceiling, or sitting at the foot of my bed painting, coloring, and doing homework. One day, Dad had to go to the home improvement store. He'd sometimes take a kid with him, cycling through each one of us. It was his way of keeping to a schedule and still spending one-on-one -on -one time with each of his kids. It was my turn that day, and I scurried to get my shoes on. We didn't spend that much time in the store. Dad got his supplies, we ran a few more errands, and to extend our time, Dad bought me an ice cream cone at Friendly's, then we went home. As soon as we walked through the door, Mom was nearly hysterical. She rushed up to us and said, Oh, thank God she's with you. I looked up and Dad was confused. Dad responded, I told you Heather was going with me. Didn't you hear me say that? I, I told you when you were outside hanging the sheets. Mom looked like she was on the verge of tears. I could have swore I heard you say that. It's why I got scared. I don't know what the hell. Mom's voice trailed off. She was rubbing her head the way she did when she'd complain about one of her headaches. So what happened? Dad asked. Meanwhile, I'm still quietly listening to the adults talk. I was super curious as to what had my mom so upset, but I was afraid to speak. This was serious, the kind of adult talk where if they noticed me, I'm sure they'd have shuffled me along. Mom started to explain. I was hanging the sheets. I finished up and went back in and glanced into Heather's room. She was sitting on her bed, except it wasn't her. At least, it didn't look or feel like her. Then the apparition, or whatever, turns to look at me and smiles. It wasn't her normal smile, though. It really creeped me out. I was kind of frozen for a minute, and then the apparition just disappeared. I got to thinking it was like when my sister Jessie saw the ghost of her cat a few days after it died. I thought Heather had... Mom stopped abruptly and clasped her hand over her mouth. Tears were leaking from her eyes. I was standing there, totally in shock. I was so enthralled by this conversation, 
I couldn't move. My dad pulled my mom in for a hug and told her everything was okay. My mom continued, I looked everywhere for her, Jim, and I couldn't find her. I thought for sure something had happened. My mom was full on sobbing at this point, and I was starting to get a little scared. My emotions must have been like radar, sending a signal to dad. He turned to me and said, Why don't you go find your sister and play outside, Heather? I suddenly noticed my ice cream melting all down my hand. I looked at it to clean up the mess, then said, Okay, Dad. Not before leaving, I looked up at Mom and asked, Are you okay? I tentatively placed my small hand on her arm. I'll be okay, honey. Mom was wiping her tears away. You're here now, and that's all that matters. She drew me in for a tight hug, then released me and told me to go play. Years would pass before I would get the full story. The incident had been burned into my brain, but it was like a vivid puzzle that was partially assembled. There'd always been pieces missing, and every now and again I wondered about that incident. The timing to ask my mother about the incident finally presented itself when I was about to start college. Dad had loaded up his pickup with all my stuff, and the three of us headed off to the college I'd been accepted to. Mom was all emotional, her second-to-last baby all grown up. She wanted to take me out to lunch, just us two girls, before Dad and her had to make the 90-mile drive back home. Apparently, this had become a family tradition for all my siblings when they started college that I'd not known about. Dad merely smiled and got in his truck as he said, I'll be back in about an hour and a half to pick you up. Mom and I got settled into a diner booth and ordered lunch specials, heaping piles of meatloaf and mashed potatoes. We ordered a dessert to share, and while Mom and I were reminiscing over a huge slice of the diner's famous cherry pie, that strange paranormal incident came to mind. Hey Mom, I wanted to ask you something. Remember that time Dad and I went to the hardware store and we came back and you were all flustered over seeing a ghost that looked like me? My mother's face became blank. She got a faraway look as if suddenly reliving the incident. We never really talked about it after that day. It wasn't because I didn't try to bring it up. When I'd mention it, Dad would redirect me and Mom would just brush it off. I waited patiently for her to say something, but didn't think I'd actually get any answers. Last-ditch attempt, I guess you could say. Yeah, that was... <sighs> she sighed heavily. I'm glad it only happened a handful of times and then it stopped. It happened more than once, I said too loudly. A few people looked over at us and I knew my face had flushed bright red. Mom nodded her head yes. About two weeks later, after all of you older kids had started school, I walked by your room again. This time I saw... She paused and was obviously trying to decide on the right word to use. I saw it. What was it? I asked. Honestly, I don't know. Just theories. You said you only saw it a few more times, then it stopped? Yeah, hold your horses, I'll get to that. Okay, I said. I took a huge bite of pie and shoveled it into my mouth to prevent myself from spewing out the millions of questions I'd had for years. 
I didn't want her to clam up again because I was being impatient or impertinent. I have some ideas about what it was and why it stopped, but anyway, I was walking by your room and all I saw was what looked like your feet. I rounded the corner and it was lying on your bed with its face up towards the ceiling, the way you used to stare at your glow stars. I wasn't as surprised the second time because I noticed the colors were kind of different. Like if you were watching a TV program with the colors turned down, except it had its eyes closed and it was really still like it was napping. My mom shivered. Or dead. She took a sip of her water and looked out the window thoughtfully. What did you do? I whispered. I just stood there. At first, I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was standing there forever. Then I got this idea that maybe I could take a picture of it and show your dad. I backed up slowly, trying not to make noise, and got my camera. Of course, when I got back, it was gone. Seriously? You thought you'd take a picture? I said incredulously. Weren't you scared? Oh, I was terrified. But for some reason... There was a part of me half expecting it might come back. So, I guess when I saw it the second time, it wasn't as shocking. I guess that makes sense, I said. So what happened after that? I didn't see it for the entire winter long. Then, the third time, it was sitting at the edge of your bed again, just like you used to do when you draw at your dresser like it was a desk. It was around spring this time, I remember because I just opened up all the windows in the house. It's like it was working on an imaginary piece of paper. Again, I stood there frozen in fear. This time, I tried to talk to it. I mustered up all the courage I could, then practically screamed, What do you want? What happened? I was on the edge of my seat, practically trembling with anticipation. Well, it just continued doing what it was doing. It ignored me. What? It ignored you? So maybe it wasn't a ghost. Well, I never thought it was a ghost. Really? My mom was quiet for a moment, and I sensed that I needed to keep my mouth shut and just let her think. Then she said, Well, you know, I'm kind of superstitious. I believed in ghosts and demons and stuff like that way more than your father. I read a little bit about doppelgangers. What's a doppelganger? Then I hastily added, I mean, I know what the traditional meaning of a doppelganger is, but by paranormal definition, what is it? The reason I got so upset that day, the first time, was because it's like they're omens, and usually not the good kind. Not all people, but most, if they do see one. Their warnings of the person's impending death. My jaw dropped, and I stared at my mother. For once in the conversation, I was rendered speechless. My mother sighed. I saw it a fourth time, and the reason I think they stopped showing up was because the omen for the disaster that was about to happen passed by, and you didn't die. Oh my god! I clasped my hand over my mouth. I suddenly remembered the water rafting incident. All the memories of that early summer camping trip came rushing back to me in quick, successive flashes. 
Dad had always wanted to take the entire family camping and whitewater rafting. Everyone went except for baby Maddie, who was only three years old at the time. We luckily had an aunt who happened to live in Colorado that she stayed with. They debated leaving me at our aunt's as well, but I was nearly nine and didn't want to be treated like a baby. I pitched an unholy fit about going, and Dad convinced Mom that everything would be okay. Mom had been downright aggressive about staying close to me on that trip. She'd been nagging everyone so much to keep an eye on me, it was annoying. Without Maddie there, I felt like the family was now treating me like the baby, and I was pretty ornery about it. On the raft, though, Mom was glued to my side. I felt irritable about it at the time, but it was lucky she had because we hit a rock and I toppled off. No one would have seen me, and Mom didn't hesitate to dive in after me. Even though this was against protocol for the tour company, she did it anyway. You see, when no one was looking, I'd loosened my life jacket because it had been rubbing against my chin, irritating it. Because of this, the jacket wasn't keeping me buoyant when I was in the water. If Mom hadn't have gone after me, I think I likely would have drowned. It was one of the scariest things to ever happen to me. I remember panicking as the water kept crashing over my head, and in those few moments, I thought I was going to die. Then, all of a sudden, there was my mom, desperately holding on to me for dear life, literally, and swimming towards the shore. Oh my god, I said again to my mother. That's why you were being so clingy that trip. You were driving me crazy. But now I understand, I whispered softly. Mom cracked a small smile. I'm sorry, but when the doppelganger showed up a fifth time right before that trip, the ominous premonition that had been growing for months got worse. I felt strongly that I needed to keep an eye on you. I was immensely stressed trying to predict when this possibly preventable tragic event might happen. It was all just theory, a hunch, that I'm glad I acted on. This is so crazy. My head was in a tailspin trying to process all of this. How much time was between that last sighting of my doppelganger and the trip, I asked? Only about two weeks. She chuckled as another thought entered her mind. I drove your father absolutely bonkers during those two weeks. So he didn't believe you? He thought it was just a ghost. He kept saying, It's an old house. It's bound to have some history. Then I'd argue that if it was a ghost, that it wouldn't look like you. The weight of everything my mother had just told me was sinking in. I could have died. But she'd paid attention to whatever otherworldly forces were trying to communicate with her, and it likely saved my life. Mom, why didn't you ever tell me all of this? Well, I'm telling you now. And you're all grown up, and... Mom grabbed the napkin and dabbed at her eyes. Aw, oh, Mom, I'll only be two hours away. I'll come home every holiday, your birthday weekend, and Mother's Day for sure. I promise. I know. I'm just glad you didn't die. Yeah, me too, Mom. Me too. Thanks. 
My Husband's Doppelganger by Angel Landry We moved into this old house in Louisiana about five years ago. We only lived there three years, but the experience we had when we first moved in still haunts me to this day. The house was probably turn of the century or maybe even older. It definitely had history to it. My husband had accepted a consulting job in the New Orleans area for a startup company. We just had our first child and moving across the country from California was quite the ordeal. Not to mention the culture shock of practically living in the bayou after living in the Southern California area for most of my life. We didn't think we'd be there for more than two years, so we weren't too picky about the house. I think we should have been. I might also preface that I do believe in the paranormal a bit, but this experience would really shake up my entire belief system. We'd gotten everything settled, and there was this old barn in the backyard where the paranormal events would take place. My husband wanted to take up woodworking as a hobby. One of the reasons he wanted to rent this place was because of the extensively cool workshop in the barn out back. The barn also served as storage for our boxes. The landlord said the basement was okay to store stuff, but I didn't like the feel of it. It was dark and creepy. Most houses in Cali don't have basements, but looking back, maybe it was the preferable option. Anyway, the walk from the house to the barn was maybe 40 or 50 feet. We aren't talking that far. When we moved in, we'd put all the necessary boxes in the house, and the extra stuff that could be unpacked later got stacked up on the other side of my husband's workshop. We'd move just as spring was starting, and every weekend he'd be out in that barn learning how to use his new power tools as often as time would permit. It was fine by me. I didn't mind. It had been a rough couple of years for us. There had been a lot of family drama when he'd been growing up. He was close to his grandmother, and when she passed, the family didn't handle her estate proceedings very well. He'd also lost a job he really enjoyed. There were just a lot of things that made it hard right before we moved. We needed a fresh start. To be honest, it was good to see him smiling again. One day, I was headed out to the barn to stack up our dolly with some boxes and haul them inside to get them unpacked and sorted out. I saw my husband behind a stack at the back, but it's like he was just standing in the shadows. I immediately felt confused and began to approach him. I could see that he wasn't dressed in the clothing he'd been wearing that morning, but because he was way in the back of the barn, I couldn't quite see what he'd changed into. That morning, he'd been wearing cargo shorts and a t-shirt, and now he seemed to be wearing slacks and a long sleeve shirt, much the same attire he'd wear to work. Plus, I was curious as to why he was standing back there. I was thoroughly baffled, and as I started to approach and open my mouth to ask what he was doing, I could hear my husband's voice calling from behind me, asking me a mundane question about where something was. I whipped around to look at the barn door, just as my husband was rounding the corner. I nearly broke my neck as I whipped it back to the spot where I thought my husband had been standing at the back of the barn, but the apparition or whatever it was was now gone. 
I must have looked upset because my husband ran to me and said a little jokingly, Hey, what's wrong? You look like you just saw a ghost. He laughed. But I wasn't laughing, and I replied in a dead serious tone, I think I just did. Now his face dropped, and he said, Seriously? I then explained what happened, and he was somber for a moment. He said, Well, this place is old, so you never know. I felt like maybe he didn't believe me, but also wanted to humor me. He hated when I'd get mad at him. That was the first incident with the doppelganger. Then one day, I was going out to the barn to get a hammer and nails to put up some artwork, and there he was again. He was just standing inside the doorway, looking out with this faraway look. This time I got a closer look at the ghostly image. It definitely looked exactly like Jerome, but the clothing he was wearing would have been like a farmer in the 1900s, maybe? Plain brown pants and a beige shirt. I just stood there, frozen in fear, not knowing what to do. Then after a few moments, it vanished. I told Jerome about it that evening over dinner. He listened quietly. He was silent for such a long time, I was starting to get irritable. Jerome was prone to long stretches of silence when he was thinking, but it drove me crazy when I was expecting an answer. He eventually said, You know, I have family roots from this area. For context, my husband is African American, and I did know a little about his genealogy. His grandfather was big on history, and especially doing their personal family history. He continued saying, I'm going to call Papa this weekend and talk to him about my family that lived here. I don't know where in Louisiana they were from, but... His voice trailed off and he rubbed at the back of his neck thoughtfully. What? I asked. I hated when he left his thoughts unfinished like that. Just a wild theory? Probably nothing to it? Jerome had known about the surface details of his family roots, but not specifics. His grandfather was more than happy to educate his grandson about their family history. They spent a long call on Skype the following Sunday evening talking about it. After he talked to his grandfather, Jerome had some interesting news. Here's where it gets creepy and weird. It turned out that his great-grandfather had lived in the Louisiana area for many years, but not in the New Orleans area. He'd lived further north in the Baton Rouge portion of the state. His grandfather was pretty tech-savvy and sent over a scanned photo. He happened to have one lone and rare picture taken of his great-grandfather, and when we both saw it, we were shocked that Jerome was the spitting image of him. The photo was taken when his great-grandfather was about the same age as Jerome, which would have been in his 30s. After those two incidents, I did see the apparition a few more times in the barn. It was always in the barn, and unfortunately, when the lights were off, so it was hard to get a clear look at it. Also, due to the fact that it wouldn't stick around too long either, made it hard to decipher exactly what it was I was witnessing. The odd thing is, my husband never saw it. I became a little obsessed with the details of these sightings for a few months, and I even went as far as contacting the landlord and asking if the previous tenants had complained about weird paranormal things. He probably thought I was crazy, 
and told me that his previous tenants had not complained of any such things. I have three different theories about what this could possibly be. One, perhaps this is the ghost of his great-grandfather. I'm unsure why I'm the only one to see it and why it's all the way down in the New Orleans area when there's no record of him living there in the past. This was also Jerome's best guess. Two, it could be an alternate universe situation where maybe these are glimpses of his great-grandfather and in that universe, maybe he did live in New Orleans. Perhaps having his future great-grandson around caused some weird energy flux that made his apparition appear? Still doesn't explain why I was the only one to see him and not Jerome. Three, it's not his great-grandfather at all, and it's the doppelganger of Jerome from maybe a past life? Like the timeline of Jerome's past is flickering and I got glimpses of it. I read about reincarnation stories where the past life person could look a lot like their future self and vice versa. The occurrences for these sightings began to taper off and then they stopped happening altogether about six months after we moved in. I think I became a little fixated on the situation because during those six months the culture shock was intense and I had a lot of time on my hands despite being a stay-at-home mom with our son. After I started to get out and make friends, the paranormal stuff ebbed. I still have no answers as to what I witnessed or experienced. I read other stories online and came to the conclusion that when it comes to these matters, sometimes you just have to accept that you may never get the answers to questions of this nature. I hope you enjoyed those stories. In a moment, I'm going to reveal which stories were based on truth and which one was completely fiction. First, have you ever had a ghostly encounter that you've written about? Or perhaps just a tall tale you've put on paper? Very soon, we're going to be running a story contest where you can not only be featured on our channel and in our upcoming anthology, but have a chance to win $100 or other prizes. So sign up for our newsletter at blackrosereads.com and we'll let you know when that opens up. Also, if you're a writer of any kind and you want to support our channel, check out our exclusive journals and notebooks. School just started and we have some composition books in the collection for all your note-taking needs. You can find those at blackrosepress.art. That's blackrosepress.art. I'll put a link down in the description below for both the story contest and the notebooks. All right, on to the reveal of truth or fiction. Story number one, I Thought My Grandmother Died by Artichoke Basket Case, was a true story. Thank you for that story, Artichoke. Story number two, My Doppelganger, was written by Heather Bressed. That was an amazing story. I loved it. That was our creative tale for the episode. Which, of course, makes story number three, My Husband's Doppelganger, a true tale. That one was submitted by Angel Landry. Thank you, Angel, for your story as well. That's a wrap. Until next time, take care and stay creepy.